Hello and welcome to the Free Cheese and Hot Sauce Chicago Bulls pregame show for April 23rd, 2015. I'm your host, John, and joining me is Grant. Yes, I am here, and I'm in my special studio, a.k.a. the room closer to the router. That's going to be helpful because I don't want you cutting out on this. I don't think it. I don't think it's going to happen. But I just want to make sure it doesn't. So I I wouldn't rule it out. Well, I guess we'll we'll handle that when it uh, when it comes towards us. So yeah, we are talking Chicago Bulls basketball. The Bulls are going into this next game two and zero. Milwaukee Bucks zero and two in the first round of the NBA playoffs and. This is the first away game for the Bulls in this series. I say away in quotes, however, because apparently the... Is it the Bradley Center in Milwaukee? It is, right? Yes, the Bradley Center. Cool. Apparently it gets pretty uh, pretty Bulls heavy whenever the Bulls are playing in Milwaukee. Oh, it, it uh, definitely does. I took a trip down there a few years ago and it was over half Bulls fans and the uh like through what would be the equivalent of the 300 level in the United Center was just pure red and of course D-Rose went off and it was great but I expect that thing to be at least half Bulls fans probably more yeah I, I was it the last pregame we were kind of talking about that or was it on the um the midweek exception podcast probably both I tend to talk a lot of books yeah we were at some point you brought that up and we were kind of like trying to figure out, okay, well, what percent is it going to be Bulls fans? What percent will be Bucks fans? So, yeah, I mean, either way, it doesn't seem like the Bulls are going to be at a terrible disadvantage uh, traveling on the road up to Milwaukee in regards to fan support and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, and I mean, it's just right up 90. So it's not even like they probably don't even have to even stay in Milwaukee if they really don't want to. They can come home on the off day, so this isn't even like traveling. Yeah, definitely. So um, should we go over the starting lineups for the Bulls and Bucks and I guess kind of just dive into what happened the last game and what we need to see out of guys and stuff? Yeah, I'd say so. Cool. So the Milwaukee Bucks starting five is going to be Michael Carter-Williams at point guard, Chris Middleton shooting guard, Giannis at three, uh, Ersan Ilyasova playing the power forward position and Zaza Pachulia who apparently is like a villain now in Chicago basketball lore it will be playing uh, at center then the Bulls starting five Derek Rose Jimmy Butler uh, Mike Dunleavy Pau Gasol and Joakim Noah and in regards to injuries for the Bucks obviously Jabari Parker is going to be out for this game and for the Bulls Nikola Mirotic out Definitely for the game. Kirk Heinrich is questionable still. But I think this is kind of the story going into this next game was Nikola Mirotic being injured, all the drama surrounding it, the potential that he had a concussion and all that kind of stuff. So I'm wondering, do you think not having Mirotic for this game and potentially the rest of this series is going to be that detrimental to the Bulls' success? Or is it kind of just like, Okay, it's a little bit of a setback, but we still be able to handle the Bucks pretty easily without him. Um, I would say the latter. I mean, I don't think it's gonna be the deciding factor, nor should it be. Um, if anything, uh, Nico's minutes in this series to me were more to benefit him to get him used to playoff basketball. Uh, 
uh, get acclimated to the speed and the style and how it, how the game changes um, to get them uh, more prepared for the second round matchup with the Cavs. So I don't think that it really has any bearing on the outcome of what this series will be. If anything, it just it takes away good developmental minutes from Nico. Definitely. I mean, he got a taste of playoff basketball in the last game with the uh, first off with the elbow to the back of the head from uh, was that Henson who did that? I think no, it was uh, Zaza. Right. We, it? Yeah, it was Zaza. And then like maybe what two possessions later, he and Zaza are like, on the ground battling for a, a loose ball. So, man, then that was the play that ultimately got Zaza ejected from the game after already accumulating a technical foul earlier in the game. So welcome to the playoffs, I guess, for Miritich, right? Yeah, too bad he messed up his quad and is he's probably minorly concussed. They're saying he doesn't have a concussion, but it's probably like a really, really minor one that they don't necessarily have to disclose or need you know, feel the need to disclose, but he looked like he was definitely shaking off some cobwebs when yeah, he sat that- down on the bench. Yeah, definitely. I mean, walking out of the arena, he looked okay. Like, he had, like, two bottles of water in his hand just walking, and he found the time to give, like, a little fist bump to a couple people. So, I guess, you know, his spirits were, were okay following all that um, nonsense. Yeah, I will say, I liked that, like, how feisty he got and how he didn't want to take shit from Saza. He was ready to push someone and shove someone. Yeah. Kind of, uh... I mean, the biggest stereotype for, you know, players coming from Europe is they're soft and, you know, they don't really care. They're more finesse. And I like just, I just like seeing Nico get in the thick of things, be the one shoving, show that he's got, you know, he at least has a bit of a temper when he's getting shoved and pushed around. He's going to stand up for himself yeah. because I think that says a lot going forward and just shows he's got the, like both the physical toughness and the mental toughness. Totally. It's like he took a play out of the uh, Jimmy Butler playbook or something. I mean, considering earlier in the game, there was a whole thing where, what was it? Uh, Brooks was Brooks, Brooks was trying to take a charge, and then Henson completely. Let's be honest. Brooks took a charge. He took a charge, and uh, John Henson's running down the court, barrels into him, stands over Brooks, starts talking some shit to him. Brooks gets up. And of course, you know, the Bulls have, you know, Brooks's back and Butler gets up in OJ Mayo's face. And oh, my God, the whole game was just kind of like these teams just back and forth jawing off each other. So it made for really exciting. It was fun basketball to watch, really. I, I think that is kind of what propelled so many things working out well for the Bulls in the last game. I mean, Joakim Noah offensively didn't have an incredible game, but he had 19 rebounds. No, yeah, Joe Keem had a good game, but the first half was awful. Like, I know we like the result because they did end up winning by nine, but I feel like we can't forget how ugly that first quarter was. They scored 11 points. Right. It that was... is, it was one of the worst quarters I think I've ever seen. Just sloppy. There was turnovers. There, no one was protecting the ball. Like, there was just missing shots, and I know you're going to miss shots, but 11 points in a quarter is an embarrassment. And they're lucky that the Bucks had an almost equally atrocious quarter with 16 points. But I think, like what you're saying, though, like the Brooks thing, the Nico thing, that that really sparked this team and got uh, got them a lot more invested in the game, and was probably a huge part of the outcome, like you said. 
Yeah, and that's not to discredit what you said, though, about the first half, because that was a absolutely miserable first half from the Bulls. I mean, I'm looking at, well, not really looking at, but I'm recalling some of the stats coming out of the half, and of course, everyone kind of throwing shade on Rose, but he was 0 for 7 in the first half, but he did have six assists in the first half, which is kind of nice to see because it shows that he realized, like, hey, my shot isn't falling. I have to start looking for other guys. And it worked. And by by the end of the game, he was 4 for 14, which isn't good. But that means in the second half, he was 4 for 7 from the floor. So, including two three-pointers. So, it's it's tough, really, to kind of... Like, I don't know. It's tough because, like, that first half was so terrible. But then in the second half, they played so well. Um, are you a little bit surprised to see Pau Gasol not really being like a double well it means double digit score but not going like the 20s or even like the 30s in scoring i'm surprised but at the same time uh jason kidd has said his goal in this series was basically to shut down powell he was going to do everything as possible to keep him from putting up the points that he did because he dominated the regular season series he actually had a his career high against the bucks uh so i think jason Kidd coming into the series was going to say Pau Gasol is not going to beat us, so he's kind of thrown everything he could at Pau, and it's, it's kind of how the rest of our team responds, and Jimmy Butler responded. Like you said, Derek Rose responded. You didn't even mention that he uh, ended up with nine assists in the game and seven rebounds too, so even though he strongest shooting game, he was still very effective on the floor, and you know Jimmy Butler steps up, puts up 31 and nine, um, would have liked to see a little bit more from our bench, though. I will say, I'm like Taj Gibson just basically put up zeros. Yeah, he did have three blocks, which were which were big blocks, but and the same thing, he had three turnovers as well, and only one rebound in eleven minutes, and didn't shoot. Um, so I really would have liked to see a little more production from the bench. But I guess you know, if you are only getting eleven minutes, how much can we expect from you? Yeah, so. And- it's it's hard to to look at it, especially with Tibbs. Like it really does surprise me though that Taj had such low minutes. Did he get injured, and am I just totally missing something? You know, or? what I was actually going to throw in is I think he got into foul trouble pretty quickly in the game. I think I kind of threw off his game a little bit, but I was a little bit surprised too to see that he only played eleven minutes in the game. I mean, that's I mean I guess even more surprising. Aaron Brooks only played like ten minutes in the game. So I mean, I guess if I don't know. That's a that's a really curious thing, though. Kind of like looking at it, like especially when Brooks had a good game for game one of the series. So I don't know. I mean, it's, maybe it's they were just playing so poorly that Tibbs felt he had to ride the starters. Um, like Jimmy Butler. It's four. Now it's good to see he was the only starter into the forties. Uh, I liked seeing that, but um you know it's still that's a lot of minutes especially when you had tony snell who didn't even have that bad of a game he came in he he's been fairly effective in this series he was one for three from the floor but it's only got 13 minutes um so i really i don't know i wonder what i really do wonder what tibbs was seeing because they played again the bulls really stepped it up after that first quarter but he's just kind of wonder why maybe he's not testing out a you know, more things in this first round against a team that they're pretty surely going to end up beating. Yeah, I mean, it's it's situations, like you said, it's like, this is a team that they know they can beat, and I think 
why not experiment a little bit and kind of see like oh let's try playing this guy over here in this scenario let's have like snell defend the point guard and stuff which he did in the first game so you give him credit for that but like like what what concerns me is like so much of a bench player's like motivation and energy going in from like each game is realizing oh hey the previous night i did really well and i got good minutes and like some of these guys aren't getting good minutes like tony snell hit a huge three-point shot in the fourth quarter that i think personally really drove the bulls and like ignited our offense and kept things moving for us and even joakim Noah at the end of the game was like yeah you know snell hit a huge three for us in the fourth quarter that was like completely crucial as to you know getting our offense rolling and ensuring that we won this game that previously was kind of a back and forth i mean i think the bulls kind of held the lead mostly throughout the game but certainly like there there are points where i was like the bucks aren't completely out of this i mean jimmy butler of course was going to work on them but but yeah i don't know i mean i think the bulls right now are really just taking the bucks best shot um bucks are playing really good defense they're playing tough or at least they're really they're they're trying to play tough they're fouling you know they're not they're trying their best not to give up easy baskets um i think jason kidd is, is doing a good job coaching but i really just think it's the inexperience and the youth from the bucks team that is eventually going to have them lose they're they're giving the bulls a, a heck of a run they're, they're pushing that bulls to their limit the one thing i do want to give tibbs credit though for is he did play nico over 20 minutes which i think is huge um, in the playoffs i think that 20 minute mark for him getting anywhere in the 20s is uh, big for nico it means he's actually out of the floor he's getting more than just a couple shots uh, he's getting a feel for the game. Uh, he, just little things like that are really helping him. He's actually getting a feel for it out on the court. So I will give Tibbs credit for throwing Nico in for over 20 minutes. But I do still think that the rest of our bench needs more minutes. And like you even said with that Tony 3, actually I love the little uh, – well, I guess it's not a celebration, but just Derek Rose gave him a little head rub on the way back down the court. and It's the first time I think I've – yeah. seeing Tony Snell look like genuinely happy. Yeah, right. He's kind of like the uh, the Kawhi Leonard for the Bulls, except maybe not quite that production level that Kawhi's at, but it's the same thing where it's like such a little expression out of that. So when you get a smile out of them, it's always something I kind of cherish. So, I mean, I'm looking at the Bucks sc- like box score from the last game, and like there's not really a hell of a lot to talk about with the Bucks. I mean... They just I, they can't shoot. They can't. I mean, I'm looking at some of these things like Giannis Attentacumbo, six points, 18% shooting. Man, like, that is rough. I mean, you got 11 boards, but it, it's 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 a shame because I feel like so many people are going to shit on this team when they get bounced out this round, assuming they do. I mean, you never know. Anything can happen. But, like, I for a team that needs confidence in their building still like it would really suck to see some of these guys getting slammed and i've already seen it a bit like a lot of people are making not making fun of Giannis, but like kind of saying like this was it this was this is like the the guy that's supposed to be huge for this team like well what the hell did he do you know i mean but you know people have to keep in mind it is their first like time with this team being in the playoffs so 
Yeah, no, I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. And the thing that people need to remember is Giannis is not a shooter. He's not really even a scorer. Uh, he knows how to get to the rim, but he thrives in transition. He thrives on a fast break. He thrives when he's cutting at the rim and, you know, I just being longer and more athletic than the person guarding him. And this series, the Bulls are just too good defensively. And again, it's the playoffs, which is half-court basketball, and that's just not his game. Like, to Giannis's credit, he still had 11 rebounds, 4 assists, a couple steals, and a couple blocks. So he, he's playing good basketball, but Tibbs and the Bulls are just forcing him to take jump shots, and they're not allowing the Bucks really to get out in transition, which is really hurting his game. And... For a 20-year-old getting his first taste of playoff basketball after he was on the worst team in the league the year before, this should not be unexpected. And I, I think this team knows that they're building for the future. Uh, but if fans are surprised by this at all, then they just, I think, clearly don't watch basketball closely enough. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there even have been bright spots in this series. I mean, Chris Middleton in the last game wasn't terrible. He shot 43% from three, had 22 points. So, I mean, I I guess that kind of leads into my next question is, is there anyone that you think the Bulls need to really shut down on this Milwaukee Bucks team for this next game? Did you detect anything like that, or is it kind of just keep doing what you're doing? Because, I mean, so far it's been working fine, I guess. I think it's pretty much just keep doing what you're doing. I will say one thing to the Bucks' credit is if they uh, actually have the guys that are supposed to score or perform on their team, this would have been a lot closer of a game. O.J. Mayo was 3 for 10 from the field and 0 for 3 from 3 with 8 points in 27 minutes. Like That is a pretty terrible stat line. And for a guy that is, it's, they basically say, I don't care really how you play on the defensive end. You are here to score. We're paying you $8 million to score. And when if he makes two more of his shots, this is you know a two-possession game. So I think other, certain things can, certain, can definitely go right for the Bucks to have them still steal a game. But with that being said, I think the Bulls, they've, they've just been there for two – they know what they're doing. They're a team of veterans. They're just going to outplay, do the little, do the dirty things. Um, I don't know. Like the Bulls, pretty much played as poorly as they could in that first quarter, and the Bucks were not able. You know, the Bucks played equally as poorly. So yeah, I, just, I don't think there's much that the Bulls can do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm trying to. Just to think of things that the Bulls can really do in the next game. I mean, obviously don't have a complete garbage first half. But the other thing I would say is like limit turnovers. Like there was some sloppy basketball going on on the Bulls end. I mean, a lot of it, you know, there's there's no denying the Bucks have length on their side and they're able to poke some of those balls free and interrupt some passes and all that kind of stuff. But same token, like you have to protect the ball when you have it, you know? Yeah, I mean, the Bulls turned the ball over 13 times to the Bucks four. And if you look at all the other kind of team statistics from this game, the Bulls should have run away with it. They had 64 rebounds. The Bucks had 48. Bulls had 26 assists. The Bucks had uh, 13. And then the Bucks have 10 steals to the Bulls, too. And, you know, four turnovers to the Bulls, 13. And all of a sudden, it's only a nine-point game. So, really, I mean, if the Bulls can just put together a complete game, 
they'll blow this team out. Yep. Which in Milwaukee coming up, I I look for them to see. I don't know. I think one of these two games in Milwaukee is going to be a total blowout and the Bulls are just going to run away with it. And I think one's going to be really close and I'm really torn on which one that's going to be the Bucks getting hyped because they brought the playoffs back to Milwaukee or the Bucks fighting for their lives to force a game five. I just yeah. know that those there's going to be two types of games going forward. One's going to be like a, like a, you know, Bucks are going to either win or lose by less than five. And then one, the Bulls are going to win by like 20. How do you oh. think it's going to shake out? Yeah, so I was going to say, we, just, we should just jump right into our like predictions for the game and stuff. So for me, I think the Bulls win this game. And honestly, going into this series, I was so convinced Bucks are going to take a game. I was thinking the Bucks are going to take the first game at the United Center. But the more I think about it, the more I'm getting my broom out. And I'm just going to say it's going to be a sweep. Like, I don't think a lot of it is because this is such a young Bucks team that I just don't think that they have what it takes to compete with a team like the Bulls right now. So for me, I think this game, the Bulls are going to are gonna beat them up pretty bad. I'm saying Bulls win 106 to 92. And for my Bull, the game, I think it's going to be Jimmy Butler again. Like, I think he has such confidence right now. I mean, after that last game, there was that little... Uh, little bit they did when they mic'd him up where you know you could see him and hear him talking to Tibbs when getting checked in or was he getting checked out of the game but in regards to OJ Mayo uh Butler was like he can't guard me he's too little and like that that it's just that kind of like he's not even cockiness or anything it's just a lot of confidence in himself which he deserves to have right now I think yeah um I think Jimmy Butler is probably the favorite for the bull of the game um However, I don't know if he's mine. I do think the Bulls are going to win. Um, I'm kind of with you where I was really certain that the Bucks were at least winning one. I was thinking they might even steal two if, you know, their defense is in peak form. But I didn't expect them to just actually not be able to shoot at all. I expected at least some of their role players to step up a little bit more. And really, I mean, they shot 35% from the field the last game. and that just can't happen and that wasn't much different the first game and I don't think it's going to be much different the rest of the series I think it's going to be like a 105 to 101 somehow they're going to find a way to put up 100 points I don't know how John I don't but, know how but, but I think it's going to happen It's because I think the Bulls are going to break into the hundreds this next game and I think it's going to be close I think this is this is the game that's going to be close because the Bucks are going to really try to win one for Milwaukee, but the Bulls are going to end up taking it in the end. Yeah. And I was going to pick Derek as my bull of the game. You know, I think I still am. I'm getting teased by the Powell pick, but I think the way Jason Kidd's playing him on defense, Powell's going to basically just be shut down for this series as almost a decoy within the Bulls at this point. And I think Derrick Rose does not come out to such a cold start because that was a historically poor shooting start for him. He had never been held scoreless in uh, a half of the playoffs. I don't expect that to happen again. I think Derrick Rose almost gets to 50% from the floor. He's going to have 33 points, 6 assists, and 7 rebounds. Ooh, kind of flirting with the triple-double again. Yeah, 
exactly. I, I'm not going triple-double. Thought about it, but I think Derrick Rose likes to score too much. And yeah. He's going to be on fire this game. He loves playing in Milwaukee. Again, I'm just having flashbacks to uh, when I was at that game. Actually, there's a YouTube video called uh, Rose and Bloom, and it's against the Bucks, and he just goes off in like the first half, and I was there for that game. And I think Rose will bloom a second time. I mean, at that time of the season, right? Uh, it's almost May, April showers, May flowers. Rose is going to bloom, right? It was snowing today. Yeah, fuck off. We're not we're pretending that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it snowed here yeah. the last two days, but it's not sticking, so I'm neglecting it. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, now that you mentioned that video, I think I'm going to go off and watch that. So, I mean, yeah, I guess, it's hype. Yeah, I guess we're lucky to say that this podcast is done, right? Yeah. Cool. We covered everything. So, uh, yeah, if you want to... Subscribe to us on iTunes, look up free cheese and hot sauce, and you will find all sorts of our things. I think we have like a separate feed for the pregame. They also have one for our main Bulls podcast. But then, of course, I have to mention this since Grant and I are both on this show, is we do an NBA podcast called The Midweek Exception, um, which we're kind of just doing episodes covering all the playoff games that we think needs to happen and all that fun stuff. And then we're going to be doing some team like reviews and all that kind of fun junk so yeah it'd be great if you found us on itunes or however i mean you can look up look us up that yeah look us up on pocket casts also on there so uh yeah that'd be awesome so do you want to uh do the typical chris outro for us i think that's up to you you're on a roll all right drive home safely the internet beep beep <laughs>